Now it's time for Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf, the number one relationship advice radio show in the U.S. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ask Dr. Love. It's my pleasure to be with you again this week. So today we're going to talk about how to stop your mind from wrecking your life and your relationships. So I have a couple questions for you. Do you ever feel like your brain is your own worst enemy? Do the things you tell yourself get you down? And if you played back a script of your thoughts, would the tape be peppered with gloom and doom? Today, we're going to focus on what's called cognitive distortions, those nasty tricks that our brains play on us, tricks that ruin our inner peace and self-esteem, and tricks that wreck our success in love and work. So stay with me as I help you identify and weed out the most common cognitive distortions that are getting you down in life and love. And then later in the show, I'm going to answer three questions. The first one is best friend problems. And here I'm helping out a woman whose best guy friend is dating a stupid bitch, to quote her words. She and her guy friend have had a fight and she's heartbroken. And she's asked me how she can bring him back into her life. So stay with me to find out what she has to do if she wants to resurrect their friendship. The second question I'm going to tackle is confused about a girl I just started dating please advise. And I help out a guy who can't seem to do anything right by the girl he's dating. And he wants to know what he can do to turn things around with her. So stick with me to find out my surprising recommendation. The third question is called dateless. And here I'm helping out a young woman who can't seem to get a date despite being pretty. Stay tuned to find out how her brain is actually steering men clear of her and what she can do to put her brain on the road to love. And if we have time, and I hope we do, we're going to do a reading between the sheets, sex question. This one is never had an orgasm. And I'm working with a woman who wants to get off the trying to get off merry-go-round. She's tried everything, including various therapies and support groups. So stay with me to find out the one thing she may have overlooked. So now on to today's show, how to stop your mind from wrecking your life and your relationships cognitive distortions. That's the professional term to describe the way our minds BS us into believing things that aren't true. Since negative thoughts lead to negative feelings, our negative thoughts keep us trapped in a loop that ruins relationships with others and keeps us feeling like crapola. So why are we humans plagued with these cognitive distortions? Let me give you an example of how this negative loop can easily begin. Let's say a kid tries a new sport and fails. Because kids' brains think in black and white, all or nothing terms, it would be very easy for a kid to think, I always fail when I try to do something new, or I fail at everything I try. When we tell ourselves something like this, it's easy for the idea to get burned into our brains. For many people, the beliefs that we form out of the black and white or polarized thinking just stay with us. And we don't automatically outgrow the baby brain's way of seeing the world in absolutes. We're basically welded to the thoughts and the feelings and the cognitive distortions that we formed at a very young age. So we need to retrain our brains. And how do we do this? Well, the first way is by learning to correctly identify what's called stinking thinking and to learn how to talk back to your negative thinking and even refute it. And by refuting the negative thinking over and over again, it will slowly diminish over time and be automatically be replaced 
by more rational balanced thinking. Have you ever heard of this author, Aaron Beck? Well, he's the guy who first proposed the theory behind cognitive distortions, and David Burns was responsible for popularizing it with common names and examples for each of the distortions. So now I'm going to give you the top 15 cognitive distortions. You know, whenever you want to move past a sticking point, first, you have to be aware of what the sticking point is. Same thing in Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. I talk about fight traps. And how do you know you're in a fight trap if you don't know what a fight trap is? So first, become aware of these cognitive distortions. And the first one we're going to talk about is called filtering. And with filtering, we take the negative details and magnify them while filtering out all positive aspects of a situation. So a person may pick out a single unpleasant detail and dwell on it exclusively so that his or her vision of reality becomes darkened or distorted. Let me give you an example. I have a patient whose book proposal was rejected because there were too many competing titles for her proposed book. The agent said that she has the advantage over other writers in that she has an excellent platform and writes eloquently. But unfortunately, she only focused on the negative details that nobody wants what she writes about. And she filtered out all the good things that she was told. Now on our countdown list, or count up because we're starting at one and going up to 15. Number two is polarized thinking or black and white thinking. So in polarized thinking, as I mentioned before, things are either black or white. You have to be perfect or you're a failure. There's no middle ground. You place people or situations in either or categories with no shades of gray and no allowance for the complexity of most people and situations. If your performance falls short of perfect, you see yourself as a total failure. Let me give you an example. I have a patient who's going through a bitter divorce and her husband is literally trying to drive her nuts to emotionally burn her out of the house. She recently contemplated finding another place to live and asked her teenage son, who is very loving to her, if he would move with her. He said that he would honestly prefer to stay in the house because summer is coming and he loves the pool and the tennis court. My patient came into session crying that her son doesn't love her at all. See, black and white. Now here's number three, and this one's called the overgeneralization cognitive distortion. In this cognitive distortion, we come to a general conclusion based on a single incident or a single piece of evidence. If something bad happens only once, we expect it to happen over and over again. For example, if you get fired from a job, overgeneralizing would be to say that I'm gonna get fired from every job in the future. Overgeneralizing causes you to see a single unpleasant event as part of a never-ending pattern of defeat. Now, obviously, you're going to be more inclined to fall into this cognitive distortion if you come to adulthood having already been wounded and injured during your quote-unquote deformative years. That's my, my tongue-in-cheek expression for childhood. So if you have a pattern of having been abused, it's much easier for you to brace for and expect future abuse and to overgeneralize. And then you, you overgeneralize by taking failure at one specific task and using that failure to judge your entire self. And when this kind of overgeneralization occurs, it's like turning your brain into a loaded cannon that you fire directly at yourself. Overgeneralizations turn back on the self, sound like I must be a complete loser or a complete failure. Number four in my list of cognitive distortions, 
jumping to conclusions. When you jump to conclusions, you assume that you know when another person is feeling or thinking and why that person acts the way he or she does without that person saying so. So in particular, we assume that we know how people are feeling toward us. For example, you may conclude that someone is reacting negatively toward you, but don't actually bother to find out if you're correct. For example, a man came into my office one day and noticed that his secretary was scowling. Oh, a man came into his office one day and noticed that his secretary was scowling, and he assumed that she was angry with him. So a couple of hours later, he found out that she had had an argument with her boyfriend. So another example of jumping to conclusions is assuming that things will turn out badly or feeling that your prediction is already an established fact. Number five on the list of cognitive distortions, magnifying and minimizing. So we expect disaster to strike no matter what. And this is also referred to as magnifying or minimizing. So we hear about a problem and we use the what if questions like what if tragedy strikes? What if it happens to me? catastrophizing is linked to futurizing in which you worry about disasters that might happen down the line. Let me give you an example. A person might exaggerate the importance of insignificant events like a mistake that was made or someone else's achievement, or the person may inappropriately shrink the magnitude of significant events until they appear tiny. For example, a person's own desirable qualities or someone else's imperfections. Number six in the list of cognitive distortions is personalization. Personalization comes when you hold yourself personally responsible for an event that isn't entirely under your control. For example, a woman received a note that her child was struggling with math. She told herself, this shows what a bad mother I am, instead of trying to pinpoint the cause of the problem so that she could be more helpful to her child. So when another woman's husband beat her, she told herself, if only I was, I was better in bed, he wouldn't beat me. Personalization leads to guilt, shame, self-blame, and feelings of inadequacy. Personalization is a distortion in which you believe that everything others do and say is some kind of direct personal reaction to you. And we also compare ourselves to others trying to determine who is smarter, better looking, et cetera. That's part of personalization. A person engaging in personalization may also see him or herself as the cause of some negative external event for which he or she was not responsible. For example, uh, we were late to a dinner party and caused the hostess to overcook a meal. And if I had only pushed my husband to leave on time, this wouldn't have happened. Right? Number seven internal and external control fallacies. So if we feel externally controlled, we see ourselves as a helpless victim of fate. So for example, I can't help it if I burn dinner because my husband came home late. The fallacy of internal control has, has you assuming responsibility for the pain and happiness of everyone around you. For example, I'm sorry you have a headache. Did I do something to annoy you? Number eight, the fallacy of fairness. We feel resentful because we think we know what is fair and we expect others to agree with us. And if this sounds like you, you go through life assessing every situation against your own internal standard of fairness. And when people fall short and don't treat you fairly or when life serves you a curveball, you feel badly and negative, and negative because of it. The number nine on the hit parade of cognitive distortions is blaming. So blaming is the opposite of personalization. Here you blame other people or circumstances for your problems and overlook ways you might be contributing to the problem. 
The reason my marriage is so lousy is because my spouse is totally unreasonable. Blame usually doesn't work very well because other people will resent being scapegoated and they will just toss the the blame right back in your lap. It's like the game of hot potato. Nobody, Nobody wants to get stuck with it. So blame in relationships often takes the form of holding your partner responsible for your pain. For example, if you are irritable, you would blame your partner for putting you in a bad mood. Nobody can make you feel any particular way. Only you have control over your emotions and emotional reactions. And usually the blame game has its origins in the old scars that we bring into a relationship from childhood. For example, I was working with a couple in which the wife insisted on blaming her husband for everything since day one. She married him knowing his flaws and then used him as her punching bag. Number 10, cognitive distortion, shoulds. We have a list of ironclad rules about how others and we should behave. People who break the rules make us angry and we feel guilty when we violate these rules. A person with this problem is harsh with him or herself and uses many shoulds and shouldn'ts in order to motivate or punish oneself. For example, I really should clean the garage. I shouldn't be so lazy. Musts and oughts are also offenders, a variant of this. The emotional consequence is guilt. When a person directs should statements towards others, they often feel anger, frustration, and resentment. Number 11 in the cognitive distortion list is called emotional reasoning. We believe that what we feel must be true automatically. If we feel stupid and boring, then we must be stupid and boring. You assume that your unhealthy emotions reflect the way things really are. I feel it, therefore it must be true. Remember, don't believe everything you feel. Feelings are not facts. Number 12 is called the fallacy of change. We expect that other people will change to suit us if we just pressure or cajole them enough. We often find ourselves in a situation in which we need to change people because our hopes for happiness seem to depend entirely on them. Number 13 is global labeling. We generalize one or two qualities into a negative global judgment. These are extreme forms of generalizing and are often referred to as labeling and mislabeling. Instead of describing an error in context of a specific situation, a person person will attach an unhealthy label to themselves. For example, they may say, I'm a loser in a situation where they failed at a specific task. When someone else's behavior rubs a person the wrong way, they may attach an unhealthy label to that person, like, he's a real jerk. Mislabeling involves describing an event with language that's highly colored and emotionally loaded. For example, instead of saying someone drops her children off at daycare every day, a person who is mislabeling might say that she abandons her children to strangers. You get the idea. When we come back, I'll give you number 14 and number 15 of the cognitive distortions list. Be back in a moment. Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of terrestrial radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. 
Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business? If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 877-941-4731. That's 877-941-4731. Again, 877-941-4731. Imagine this is your money and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. Want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call because the best prices are not online. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner. Call today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first class tickets. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Hello again and welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. We're talking about how to stop your mind from wrecking your life and your relationships. And in segment one, I gave you the list of the most common cognitive distortions. And now we're up to number 14, the cognitive distortion that's known as always being right. And with this distortion, you're continually invested in proving that your opinions and your actions are correct. Being wrong is unthinkable, and you'll go to any length to demonstrate your rightness. Let me give you an example. I don't care how badly arguing with some, someone makes me feel. I'm going to win this argument no matter what because I'm right. Being right is often more important than the feelings of others around you who engage in this. Being right is more important than the feelings of, of other those around you. Being right takes precedence over anything else. And your being right destroys relationships because you don't care 
how even the people you love most feel, right comes ahead of everything. And last but not least, December 15, it's called the heaven's reward fallacy. And here you expect sacrifice and self-denial to pay off as if someone's keeping score. And I've had a lot of patients over the, the decades with this problem, and they feel like a bitter victim. After all I've done for you, I, the least you could do is do this for me. There's like a silent scorekeeping, and you're giving with the ex expectation of getting back. And when it doesn't come, you feel like a really hurt, angry victim. Okay. Now, maybe you're wondering, well, how do I get rid of these cognitive distortions? In any, any attempt to heal yourself, the number one step is awareness. And many times when you try to force yourself to stop a way of thinking or stop a way of feeling, you'll get worse because we humans tend to like to stick with what we're used to. And when you try to manhandle yourself and force yourself to give something up, a behavior, a thought, a feeling, it will fight for its own survival. And then you'll end up having the original problem. Plus you'll feel all anxious that you failed. So don't try to change, just become aware. Use your observing ego to become aware of all the ways that your stinking thinking is getting you down in life and love. And the, through simple observation, your distortions can and will be undone. And people say to me, oh, how is it possible? Just think of it like a pear that just rots on the vine. You watch it and it evolves and it just rots away. And that's what will happen with your irrational thinking. I also want to give you some exercises to help you in your process of becoming more aware. So first, identify all your cognitive distortions, create a list of your troublesome thoughts and examine them later for matches with my list of cognitive distortions that I gave you in the first segment and at the start of this segment. An examination of your cognitive distortions allows you to see which distortions you prefer. And additionally, this process is going to allow you to think about your problem or predicament in more natural and realistic ways. The second thing you want to do is just when you catch yourself in the throes of a cognitive distortion, examine the evidence. A thorough examination of an experience allows you to identify the basis for your distorted thoughts. If you are quite self-critical, then identify a number of experiences and situations where you had success. Also, here's another method for you. It's called the double standard method. An alternative to self-talk that is harsh and demeaning is to talk to yourself in the same compassionate and caring way that you would talk to a friend in a similar situation. Number four in the process of helping yourself to dissolve these cognitive distortion is to begin to train yourself to think in shades of gray. Instead of thinking about your problem or your predicament in an either or polarity kind of way, evaluate things on a scale of zero to a hundred. So when a plan or goal is not fully realized, think about and evaluate the experience as a partial success on a scale of zero to 100. So you're training yourself not to think from the baby brain, good, bad, all or nothing. Train yourself to think in shades of gray. Also, Another technique is called the survey method. And we all need to seek the opinions of others regarding whether our thoughts and attitudes are realistic. So for example, if you believe that your anxiety about an upcoming event is unwarranted, check with a few trusted friends or relatives, survey them, see if they think it's unwarranted too. That can help you to dissipate some of your intense reactions. 
Now, definitions is another thing. What what does it mean uh, to define yourself as inferior, a loser, a fool, or abnormal? An examination of these and other global labels is going to reveal that they are more closely representative of specific behaviors or an identifiable behavior pattern instead of your total person. All right. Now, another thing you want to start to train yourself to do is called re-attribution. So it's common for people to blame themselves for the problems and the predicaments that arise. So to break free of this distortion, identify external factors and other individuals that contributed to the problem. Regardless of the degree of responsibility you assume, your energy is better utilized in the pursuit of resolutions to problems or identifying ways to cope with predicaments and finding um, attributions that are outside yourself. That's especially true if you're a person who tends to take all the blame, right? Now, also you wanna try the cost-benefit analysis technique. So it's helpful to list the advantages and the disadvantages of feelings or thoughts or behaviors. So cost-benefit analysis is gonna help you ascertain what you're getting from feeling bad or hanging on to. What are you getting from holding on to this distorted thinking or inappropriate behavior? Beware of the secondary gain that you obtain by holding on to your distortions, because these gains always trace back to our childhood and the old scars. So, for example, if you bury angry feelings from earlier abuse, that anger is often going to morph into self-attacking thoughts and beliefs and feelings of guilt and self-blame. So your secondary gain would be, well, from the time I was young, I protected my parent from my anger by turning my anger back on myself and hurting me. That's my secondary gain, protecting the parent. Now, my book, Kiss Your Fights Goodbye, is going to show you how to weed out all the old scars and how to heal them, how to use your relationship to heal your old scars that fuel most of our stubborn cognitive distortions. All right. So just let's let me give you a couple of tweets to help you uh, drive home the messages that I'm sharing with you today. You know you're in the grips of a cognitive distortion when you blow an issue way out of proportion. Train your brain to be your best friend and your relationship won't end. When you think in black and white, you end up feeling very uptight. (laughs) Always needing to be right leads to many a fight. Accept each other as you are and your relationship will go far. Accept that life isn't fair and less will ruffle your hair. It's stinking thinking to assume you know what your partner is thinking. Jumping to conclusions is the only form of exercise to avoid. Expecting disaster at every corner is like a daily visit to the coroner. Excessive personalization or inserting your ego where it doesn't belong is sure to make your relationships go very wrong. Now, I want to give you a little tip. And this tip relates to something that happened back in 1985. Gail Rossellini published a 24-page booklet through Hazleton Publishing called Stinkin' Thinking. And in this book, she says... Attitudes are either a path to healthy and happy recovery or the road to relapse. It's that simple. And she goes on to say, unfortunately, those of us who are recovering from chemical dependency too often suffer from what AMAA members call stinking thinking. Stinking thinking is a bad attitude. It's being negative, blaming, and chronically dissatisfied, and it's sneaky. 
Stinking thinking is a major symptom of chemical dependency. We all suffer, suffer from it at one time or another, and it doesn't go away with 30 days of treatment. It can dog your heels even when you're sober, wrecking your recovery. Since Rossellini published her booklet, the telltale signs of stinking thinking have evolved beyond the four types she proposed, and the definition has become both more broad and more specific and more detailed. So where I want to go next with you when we come back from the break we're going to take in a minute is how cognitive distortions can cause you to misread those closest to you, including your friends, your family members, and your life partners. And I'm going to talk with you about how misreading what other people are telling you leads to conflict in your relationships. All right. So when we come back, I'm going to help you to learn how to identify these cognitive distortions that are causing you to misread those closest to you. Be back in a moment. Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of terrestrial radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business? If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 877-941-4731. That's 877-941-4731. Again, 877-941-4731. Imagine, this is your money, and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money, and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. Want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call, because the best prices are not online. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner. Call today and get the best price on your next flight, guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first class tickets. 
You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. Now we're going to talk about how cognitive distortions affect your relationship. We're going to focus on the specific cognitive distortions that really wreak havoc within your intimate relationships. The first one is called assuming the worst. This one is overestimating the likelihood that an action will have a negative outcome. Maybe your partner doesn't do things exactly like you, but that doesn't mean it's negative or wrong or will lead to a disaster. Deciding something is going to go wrong before it does or that your partner's intention was unkind from the start will never help love grow in your relationship. The second one is making your partner responsible for your feelings. You're capable of self-soothing when you're in a relationship. And it's certainly nice when your partner helps soothe you, but it's all right for you to soothe yourself too. For example, take a bath, read a book, write in a journal, and don't make the other person responsible for whatever it is you feel. Another thing that really affects relationships, a cognitive distortion that affects relationships is making a big deal out of something small. Believing an absence of a smiley face in an email means there's a problem. Interpreting you did a good job as negative if you were expecting you did a great job. And this is not the same as being taken for granted. And sometimes the small things really are small things. Another thing is to act entitled. Believing the same rules that apply to others don't apply to you is a recipe for disaster. So for example, believing that because you worked all day means you can come home, make a mess in the kitchen and leave it for your partner to clean up is not cool. The next cognitive distortion that really wreaks havoc in a relationship is expecting everything to be fair as you define it. So believing everything in your relationship has to be fair at all times is unrealistic. For example, you watched your kid all day on Saturday. Now you can watch um, our kid all day on Sunday. And this quid pro quo way of living is the formula for disaster. It will cause all kinds of resentment. Another one is to cling to your own point of view. Failing to look at a topic of tension from your partner's perspective is a biggie. For example, ignoring your partner's emotional needs or complaining that he or she is too needy is a real problem. Instead of getting on your partner's emotional side of the fence and understanding where he or she is coming from. Another one is having overly high unrealistic expectations. Don't should or should not your partner. For example, I should always give 100% or you should know what I'm thinking. All these shoulds, you got to ditch these. And another one is labeling at first sight. Mentally labeling, labeling your partner's best friend as a loser and not being open to the evidence that he or she isn't a loser. This is not um, going to make your partner feel happily disposed toward you. It's going to make your partner defensive and really cause emotional distance in the relationship. 
Another really intense cognitive distortion that wrecks relationships is the blame game. Every time something goes wrong in the relationship, you blame your partner. It's important to take responsibility for your own behavior. Remember, when you are in a relationship, it's about a we, not I. And lastly, refusing to just enjoy yourself, seeing having fun together as a waste of time and not just allowing yourselves to go with the flow is a real mistake that most people, many people make. Now, Kiss Your Fights Goodbye, I have an entire chapter devoted to helping you overcome the cognitive distortions that create conflict in your relationships. Now, my conflict resolution method is proven to work for over 90% of the single, married, gay, straight, non-binary couples who use it, as well as friends, family members, and coworkers. So I really encourage you to read Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. It's really your relationship Bible and teaches you how to resolve the inevitable conflicts that result arise in all our relationships. So one thing in that chapter that I wanted to share with you is how to train your brain to interpret the other person's opening statement properly. Why do I focus on the opening statement? So often we get into conflict because we misinterpret the out of the gate statement that someone makes and go nuts. This happened to me yesterday. I have a contractor working at my house and I said something to him and he totally misunderstood and he was gone. So a really good example of this is what I call the chicken delight nightmare. So a wife makes chicken every Friday night for dinner and she serves her husband the chicken and he says, oh my gosh, can you believe it's chicken night again already? Meaning in his mind, how time flies. She thought he meant, I'm sick of chicken. It's boring. You always serve me the same dish. So she misinterpreted the opening line and they were off to the races. No pun intended. So step one, hold your horses to extend this, <laughs> this horse metaphor. Hold your horses. So the next time you feel that the other person's opening remark is a criticism or an attack, don't do or say anything. You may need to take a break, tell the other person you need a minute to work something out in your head, leave the room if necessary. Next, take a step back in time. This is your step two. Think back to your childhood. Ask yourself if the other person's remark reminds you of something from your past. Bring up any memory that seems pertinent. Who said what to you? What was that person's body language, tone of voice, and facial expression when he or she said whatever it was that upset you? Now, step three take a hard look at reality. Ask yourself, was the other person's words, actions, body language, tone of voice, or facial expression similar to the behavior of the person in my childhood memory? Is there any chance, even a 1% chance, that there could be another explanation for that person's actions or words? Is it possible that I've misinterpreted the other person? If you have the slightest question that there could be another more positive interpretation, give the other person the benefit of the doubt. And now go to my step four. Check out your suspicion. Now you return to the other person and you use the checkout technique. And I don't mean that you or your partner or the other person should check out of the relationship. I mean, since we decided that there is the possibility that you may have heard the other person in an overly negative light, check out your suspicion that you might be wrong. And you do that by saying, are you saying to me that uh, you don't like the chicken or you're sick of eating chicken on Friday night? And then the, the next step is to smooth any ruffled feathers and 
in this case, it would be chicken feathers, I guess. So the incident, you're upset, you're leaving the room may have sparked um, distress in the other person. So you have to make sure to smooth any ruffled feathers. And to do this, you tell the other person what the current incident reminded you of and explain that the intensity of your reaction stemmed from the earlier issue. And the technique is very effective in heading off fights because the focus of the blame is taken off the other person and is redirected onto more neutral territory like your own history. Let me give you an example then of how the couple in the chicken delight nightmare would have replayed this um, argument before it became an argument and how the five steps to uh, check out your suspicions and reverse the cognitive distortion before a fight occurs would play out. So he says, is tonight chicken night already? And she says, I'm having a reaction to that question. Give me a moment. That's the hold your horses. And she realizes that his remark reminded her of her dad, who always put her down. That's her taking a step back in time. Then she reviews the vocal tone and the body language that accompanied her husband's statement and realized they were neutral. That's her taking a hard look at reality. Now she is ready to resume the conversation with him. So she comes back and she says, I want to be sure. Are you saying that you don't like my chicken? So that's checking out her suspicion. And he starts to raise his voice. Of course not. Why do you always think I'm criticizing you? Then she says, honey, I understand you feel upset. Do you want to know why I misread you? That's smoothing any ruffled feathers. Okay, he says. Well, you know how my my dad always told me I couldn't do anything right? Well, I'm so used to being put down by him that I misinterpreted what you said. Again, smoothing any ruffled feathers. He says, I get it now. They hug and the misunderstanding is resolved. So with practice, you're able to perform those steps one through five with a within a blink of your eye without leaving the room without interrupting the flow of the conversation and when you reach that level of proficiency you're going to be able to move directly into the checking it out and um you won't even have to smooth any ruffled feathers because you will abort your cognitive distortion before it's a runaway horse got it so that um that five-step technique that I just shared with you is part of the chapter in Kiss Your Fights Goodbye, How to Train Your Brain to Fight for You, Not Against You. So I really encourage you to check out Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. Spare yourself a lot of pain. One other little point I want to make before we go to break is to beware of excessive personalization. So the negative distortions that occur in chronically conflicted relationships um, are often due to another type of cognitive distortion, which is the excessive personalization. So um, it's really, really important for you to make sure that you're not inserting your ego and getting wounded where you need not be. I'll give you an example. A woman named Doreen had a husband who was coming home late from work for five weeks and she assumed that her husband's behavior was directed at her so she was personalizing and then once she began personalizing her mind was off and running concocting all kinds of interpretations that tortured her half to death he found another woman he doesn't find me attractive anymore now when those ideas emerged she felt hurt and angry and then she acted on her anger by whining complaining criticizing attacking him these are what i call the fight traps another chapter in kiss your fights goodbye and then he got all worked up and withdrew from her. And then that reinforced for her 
the fear that he didn't love her anymore. So women especially tend to personalize and hold themselves responsible when there's no reason to do, to do so. So for goodness sake, and for the sake of your relationship with others, always assume that you're unnecessarily personalizing before you become reactive and check out your suspicions to make sure that your perception of excessive personalization is incorrect. All right. Confirm the accuracy or the inaccuracy of your interpretation. All righty. Now we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to get to your questions. Be back in a minute. Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of terrestrial radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business? If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 877-941-4731. That's 877-941-4731. Again, 877-941-4731. Imagine this is your money and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. Want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call, because the best prices are not online. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner. Call today and get the best price on your next flight, guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. 
As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Hello again. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. We're talking about your questions. Before I forget, at Ask Dr. Love, I've opened up for free my advice archives. The questions and my answers are archived since the beginning of Ask Dr. Love in 1995. We all are very similar. Partially identify with the questions, store my answer in your memory bank, and it'll come in handy for you when you experience a similar situation. If you absolutely need a question answered, you can uh, purchase an email consultation from me, or as I said, check out the archives. Best friend problems. Dear Dr. Love, I'm a 20-year-old girl, and I want to tell you about my best guy friend. He's a great guy, or maybe I should say he was a great guy. Ever since he met his girlfriend, he has completely changed. Being with her, is he has become really egoistic, and he has joined her friend circle who like to spend a lot of money. We had a stupid fight three months back. I kept aside my ego, and I m- messaged him, but he didn't reply. He still won't talk to me. I've been his best friend for three years, and still he is willing to let a stupid fight get in the way. Every time his wa- he, we fight, his ego gets in the way, and I'm tired now. I've decided to stop talking to him, but sometimes I feel like I should be the greater person and try talking to him again, but then I think that if I do this, his ego will get in the way every single time. I fight. I am human. I make mistakes. We're bound to fight. One more thing. I think I'm in love with him, and he knows that. His girlfriend is a stupid bitch, and I don't know when he's going to understand that. They have had a lot of fights. None of his friends like her. One of our mutual guy friends said that looking at things the way they are now, they are bound to break up. And he, my best guy friend, will come back to his old friends. I'm really confused, hurt, sad, and depressed. My life seems to have lost all meaning. Please help me and tell me what to do. So you call his girlfriend a stupid bitch. And that's a very nasty label and a character attack. And I heard you say that you're bound to fight. And while this is true, I want to consider you to consider that your fights may be caused by your habit of verbally attacking when you're mad. And I'm betting that you've said cutting things to him about her and perhaps also about him. And no relationship can weather this kind of attack. Read Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. And there's a chapter in there about fight traps, those faulty fighting tactics that people use. And pay particular attention to name calling and character assassination because you seem to have a particular affinity for these two. And it may feel good in the moment to get your rocks off by saying horrible things, but on the rocks is where your relationships are going to end up. And this is case in point. You fought bitterly with your best friend, and now he's not talking to you. Okay? So um, check out the book. Learn how to communicate correctly. Ditch the fight traps. (laughs) All right. um, Since we're coming to the end of the show, I'm going to jump on to the reading between the sheets question because... That's all probably the time we're going to have. So this one's never had an orgasm. I'm 36 years old and happily married, happily for nine years. The trust and lust is all there. And I love having sex with my husband, yet I've never had an orgasm by myself or with a partner. Believe me, I've tried everything. I have various toys and masturbate three-ish times a week, sometimes trying, sometimes enjoying the moment, tensing it 
and not to no avail. I've taken a becoming orgasmic women's class with a sexual therapist and a group of women that hasn't worked either. I've read about other women who are not in the, who are in the same boat, but are 18 or 20. With all due respect, I have no sympathy. I'm 36, happy, two kids, and I deserve this. I don't get it. If you can help me, I'm so grateful. I've heard it all, tried it all, therapy, fantasizing, toys, books. And the best I can describe is like falling off the ladder at the third step. I get totally wet. I love sex. I'm perfectly healthy and active. Please help. This sucks. Yeah, this really does suck for you. And since you say you've heard it all and tried it all, I feel rather hopeless before we even start. Now, anorgasmia is the technical name for the inability to achieve orgasm. And the most common causes of the condition are, these are medical causes, diabetic neuropathy, multiple sclerosis, genital sclerosis, genital mutilation, complications from genital surgery, pelvic trauma, like from a straddle injury caused by falling on the bars of a climbing frame, bicycle or gymnastic beam, but also hormone imbalances, total hysterectomy, spinal cord injury, Cauda equinus syndrome, uterine embolization, childbirth trauma, there's many, many things. 15% of women report difficulties with orgasm, and as many as 10% of women in the U.S. never had a climax. Um, sometimes also SSRI um, drugs can cause anorgasmia. You said you've ruled out the medical conditions. So the only thing that we're left with is psychological factors. You said you've done therapy, but there's therapy and there's therapy. Many therapists focus on fixing the behavior or faulty thought patterns. The prevalence of cognitive behavioral therapeutic approaches means a person will not have a chance to delve deeply into the unconscious. And then you overlook the entire dimension that I'm talking about. So I'd like you to look at unconscious emotional conflicts. And they are a common cause of anorgasmia, fear of loss of power and control, fear of dependency, fear of loss, uh, abuse in childhood. There's many, many, many issues. If you really want me to help you examine some of the unconscious factors, reach out to me at AskDrLove.com. We can do a one-shot consultation. That's all I have for you this week. Take good care. See you the week after next. I'm going to start doing the show the first and the third Thursday of every month. Be well. <laughs> You've been listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. Sign up for Dr. Jamie's newsletter at AskDrLove.com and receive her meditation audio that will guide you to open your heart and chill out during these stressful times.